0: This is the CU 2.0 Podcast with your host, Robert McGarvey. Big new ideas about credit unions. Big new ideas about credit unions. CU2.0 podcast. Sixteen fintech suited up for the fray. Just one could win. Just one. Welcome to CU2.0's FinTech Madness, Las Vegas style. Held in the days leading up to the NCAA basketball tourney. And you know which team won there. Say Jersey City, say it loud. Danny Hurley and his UConn team. But back to fintech madness. Competitors were all-stars. Many have been on the CU2.0 podcast. And the competitors went through four grueling rounds. Best elevator pitch, biggest expected impact, easiest to implement, most likely partner. This was sudden death. You lose in a round, you do not proceed to the next round. So who won? Who proceeded to the very end, to the winner's circle, meet Rianne Horgan, founder and CEO of Silver, where the slogan tells the message, retirement simplified. The big brainstorm here is twofold. Credit unions have lots of members nearing retirement, and as they get there, they have to make some very hard decisions regarding both finances and health care, Medicare and Social Security. What they need is a trusted and trustworthy advisor to help them through this complicated maze. Enter the credit union. Credit union is trusted by its members. Enter Silver. It's a smart tool that helps a member make the right choices. It's the right product at the right time. But tip, any fintech needs to listen to this show multiple times. Morgan is an all-star in the pitching circuit. In her performance on this show, you find out why. Listen and learn from how she does it. Incidentally, Silver's first credit union customer was In Touch, held by Kent Legrand, a past CU2.0 podcast guest. This is a great personal story. You have to hear it. Link to that podcast in the show notes. Listen up. It's a doubleheader, Horgan and Legrand. Listen. How do you feel being the uh, fintech madness winner?
1: Well, you know what? I um it was super exciting to to win at NICU, So and um I think the thing that for me really stood out was, um, you know, credit unions' continued commitment to financial wellness. So they voted with their feet, right? I think credit unions always um, say that you know how important financial wellness is to their overall mission. And when you know companies like myself win these um, credit union competitions, it's just a reaffirmation that this really is what credit unions are, are seeking to do for their members.
0: Now, this isn't the first such competition you won.
1: Uh, it's not, we are, you know, we have been working in the credit union space for about 18 months. Um, we were fortunate um, late in 2021 to kick off um, by being the runner up at the Nacuso um, big idea competition and also winning venture tech uh, the next day. Um, so it's been, it's been a really interesting um, 18 months where we've you know gotten our first early customers, um, gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, on how we can make the product really relevant, um, and it was great to be able to share a lot of those new features um, at March Madness um, or FinTech Madness um, at NACUSO.
0: Now let's, let's cover two things at the beginning. A, what are you selling to credit unions, and B, how many credit unions do you have as, as customers?
1: Yeah. So um, so our p- product, so Silver's product is called Retirement Simplified. It's a financial wellness platform that supports um, members over the age of 50 as they navigate retirement. For the member, it's a set of personalized tools, calculators, and education that helps them gain confidence in making some of their biggest um, retirement decisions. So figuring out social security, Medicare, um, taxes, where you want to live in retirement. For the credit union, what we're doing is both fulfilling their mission of financial wellness for members, but we're also connecting members to the credit union's products and services that are relevant for retirement. So as you think about a member that's in their late 50s, early 60s, getting ready to retire, they're thinking about rolling over an IRA. They may be thinking about downsizing or buying a new home. They're thinking about um, that move from W-2 income to a direct deposit for Social Security. Uh, and they're also buying Medicare, thinking about buying Medicare. Um, so there are trillions of dollars in motion. And what we want to do is make sure that um, those health and financial purchases actually happen with the credit union rather than um, you know, going to Schwab and ARP. What we know from our data is that when members are young, credit unions actually control most of the wallet, right? Most of a member's, a younger member's wallet is actually in their bank account. But by the time they get into their late 50s and early 60s, actually most of the wallet is not held at the credit union because it's typically held in a 401k or 403b. Um, so our goal is you know, how do we make sure that we get that back into the credit union system so that credit unions can guide members through that journey? Um, we, You asked me about how many um, credit unions we have. Um, we are really excited that um, later this month that we'll have about 10 credit unions on our platform. So early days still, um, but really excited to have some you know, big leaders like Michigan State University, Idaho Central, Mission Fed, InTouch, as some of our um, early credit union partners.
0: Now, when did you start working with InTouch?
1: Uh, we started working with InTouch with Kent and Tim and the team um, late last summer. So they were actually our first customer when, um, because we used to be a direct-to-consumer business um, and the feedback that we got from Nacuso um, and VentureTech really convinced us that we needed to pivot to be b 2 b to c Um, And as part of that, we needed to build um, a product that was white labeled for our partners. Um, And InTouch Credit Union was the first partner that joined us. Um, One of the things that's like super fun about the InTouch Credit Union partnership is that the the heritage of InTouch Credit Union is the EDS um, employees. Um, And EDS actually was the first technology partner for Medicare in the state of Texas back in the 70s. Um, and so they actually have um, kind of an institutional roots in in the retirement space themselves. So really fun to be able to partner w- with that team, um, you know as their members are moving more and more into retirement.
0: Now, how did you convince Kent to become the first one? the first the first credit union <laughs> is the hardest sale to make.
1: You know, Kent is an early adopter. Um, you know, we, I think he has a very digital. Uh, he's a member base that's very digital, very forward thinking. Again, you know, EDS, Electronic Data Systems. You know, th- this is a company that had very tech savvy employees, and I think for Kent, it was this kind of, kind of obvious connection of a very. Um, uh, tech forward uh, member base, but he, well, you know, I'd also say it's personal. Kent is turning 65 this year. And so like he understood the problem, both for members, but also, you know, he's going to be enrolling in Medicare for the first time. And he knows, you know, the crazy set of decisions he's going to have to make. And so um, I think that, you know, when you understand the problem, um, it becomes you know a much easier, a much easier decision to make.
0: Yeah, I could see he would also have some interesting financial planning decisions to make too. It's uh,
1: absolutely certainly,
0: certainly at sixty-five, but yeah. yeah, no, he's he's a perfect. Uh, I I like him very much, so, but he also is a perfect uh, customer for you. So.
1: Yeah no look and what I, what we actually see um I I you know I always smile when I think like on this when I was on this the the podium for fintech madness and I looked out in the room there were a lot of fifty and sixty year olds in the room and so I think that what I see is a lot of credit union executives actually understand the problem from a personal perspective as well as from their members and so when they know what the decision making they're going to be making and they know how challenging it is and you know these are you know if you think about the executives these executives are very financially literate. They've been working in financial services for a long time. And then they think about, you know, their average member. Um, It really hits home on, you know, why this platform is needed and how they can really fulfill their mission of, you know, financial wellness across all generations, across all these big decisions. Um, One of the things I say a lot is that, you know, if you think student loans are complicated, well, you haven't had a chance to dig into social security or Medicare yet. Um, When I was first trying to figure out social security, I bought this 400-page book from um, Barnes & Noble to to learn it. And it's literally like an actuarial science type of book. And that, to me, was just this aha moment of, you know, you and I, Robert, we're paying into Social Security every two weeks in our paychecks. Like, why is it so complicated when it's time for us to get our benefits, for us to just figure out that basic math? Well,
0: I, I tell people... I mean you can draw social security at any of many ages but the three principal ones are 62 full retirement age which varies with how old you actually are and 70 I say if you if thinking about that if you really like calculus of multiple variables in college you're going to love this you're going to have a lot <laughs> right. of fun
1: yeah really, exactly for that <laughs> of
0: variables but yeah one of these variables is your life expectancy yes. too yeah
1: and then I'm going to throw other variables in like um your marital status you you know it's and it's not only if you're married or um have, are divorced it's not only your longevity but it's your current spouse or ex-spouse's longevity because that plays into the benefits um and then things get kind of crazy which is depending on what state you live in it may or may not be taxed and so um it isn't it isn't made easy um but that's what I love about technology is we have the ability to take things that are super complicated and make it easy member to understand. Um, Even though I grew up in finance, so I spent almost 20 years at JP Morgan in the wealth management business before starting um, Silver. Um, I always say like at our core, we want to be human in a world that sees numbers. So while you and I might be able to read that 400 page book and get through it, um, it is not reasonable to expect the average member to do that. Um, That book was written for the 0.0001% who is that mathematically inclined and like loves actuarial science. And there's, you know, you know, that one kid from high school, right? (laughs) Who who is that kid, but it's not most, it's not most, most human beings.
0: Well, I tell people that if you think, if you think social security is hard, wait until you come to Medicare.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Which I view as a vastly harder set of decisions for people.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that Robert, because we, um, you know, when, when we, built our platform, one of the things we have to like really think about is you can't serve every single type of profile of member. And so we think about member profiles and like, who are we serving? And for us, it's a behavioral question, which is like, how does this member want to navigate retirement? And we have this profile that we call business Bob, who is someone who is extraordinarily financial literate. They read the wall street journal, they're on Schwab, they trade. They are, they're like in the weeds, they've got their own, you know, spreadsheets that they're in all the time. And and our point of view is like, that's actually not the member that like we're set up to serve. We're really trying to serve, um, the member who's been making good choices all through, you know, through a lot of good choices throughout life that foundationally went to buying a home, frankly, and participating in their 401k. Um, but haven't been actively involved in, in the markets and these numbers before. What's fascinating is that business Bob comes to us for Medicare. Um, because Medicare blows his, his mind. And so to your point, which is you can you can feel like you're on top of your finances and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I've been paying Medicare taxes for 40 years and it's not free. I have to pay it and it's going to cost 500 bucks a month. Really? Oh, and then by the way, you know, I wanted to move to Florida, but I'm realizing in Florida, it's going to be like 30 or 40% more expensive. Um, that's where, uh, and by the way, and my own father experienced this, which is you have to really get that first year elections right. Because if you choose to change your plan in the future and you have an illness, it becomes harder and harder for you to get into the the plan that you might be most interested in.
0: It becomes essentially impossible in many cases. It, and that what where it gets really interesting is it depends on what state you're in. Yeah. You know, I live in Arizona, and if at 65 you elect an advantage plan. You are going to be in an advantage planning until you die. It doesn't matter if you want to move. Well, you can move from Arizona, which would yeah. be my advice to you. <laughs>
1: well, look, advice. I mean, but, but you're picking up on a really interesting comment, Robert, that this is where I think actually credit unions have a huge advantage. So you just mentioned like the specifics of Medicare and Arizona. So, Medicare and lots of other parts of retirement decision making actually um, are, are based on where you live. Um, your cost of living, your taxes, your Medicare election. Um, And this I actually think gives credit unions a huge leg up versus the national brands who are going to have like a generic national conversation with members. But you just pointed out that like understanding Medicare in um, Arizona is important. We had that same conversation with our friends at Idaho Central. They have a Medicare business. As part of launching our partnership with them, we built out a class called Medicare in Idaho to support their team. So that, um, you know, their members had the information they need to know to navigate the differences between Eastern and Western Idaho, where one side of the state is a Medicare Advantage part of the state and the other side of the state is a Medicare Supplement um, side of the state. So this is, it's highly local, but what's really cool about technology is that there's a lot of data out there that allows us to deliver that localization and personalization for members um, and really double tap on one of the key strengths I see from a credit union, which is you are local and you can help members make these local decisions.
0: Now, how is Medicare integrated into the rest of your 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 service? And I ask because oftentimes retirement planning proceeds in a vacuum that doesn't include Medicare, which is weird to me because for many okay. people, that's a big expense. Um,
1: like you're spot on. Um I think at the heart of our company, we're deeply focused on the end, what we would call user. When you do kind of user journeys and user research, so really understanding what's what's on the member's mind. And what we heard when we did user research over and over again was that health was a financial issue in retirement for the average member. When the average member is going to spend five hundred dollars a month um, on Medicare, if you're going to get like a fully baked plan, let's call it with Part D and a Medicare supplement. You think about that as a couple, you multiply that by 25 years, all of a sudden you're spending $300,000 over the course of retirement on healthcare. So what the member says to us is, well, Medicare is a financial issue, therefore it needs to be a part of my plan. I think the challenge is generally the financial planning community or the financial advisor community doesn't, they think about Medicare as a health issue, and so they don't talk about it. Most of them have never enrolled themselves in Medicare, so it's a it's a it's a set of products and decisions that they're not familiar with, and so they leave it out of the equation. So I think one of the hallmarks of our platform um, early on has been that members have said this platform is really holistic. And when we push back and say like why like like w- like how are you coming up like what what what's driving that observation, they always come back to the fact that we're including Medicare as part of the experience. And so we start by doing that to really make sure that members understand the costs. Um, I'm sure Robert, you've seen, you know, come October, November, these horrible commercials with like old football stars touting Medicare Advantage plans as having zero premiums. And I always say zero premium does not mean zero cost. Um, There are certain plans that look like they are low cost, but um, you have a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses. Um, And so we spend a lot of time in our tools and calculators and education, really trying to coach members to understand what they're total costs might look like. Um, obviously it all depends on your health, but there's certain aspects of health that we have control over, but then there's a lot that we don't. Um, and what we're really trying to help members understand is that unknown of like if they end up being sick for long periods of time, you know, how much do they realistically need to be budgeting for their healthcare costs over retirement? Right. And as
0: you say, it's it's all fairly unpredictable. Now, you alluded earlier or you said earlier that you had had a B2C um tool mm-hmm. that no longer exists
1: um we still have it it's um if you go in the ios app store it's called silver um you'll see it there it's i would just call it our legacy business um it helped us build the product that we've built today for the credit union market but it's not a platform that we're actively marketing so for example we own the old days we used to do paid advertising to acquire customers into that business and we don't do that anymore but what that gave us was a tremendous platform to do research and understand how to build like the right product for the credit union market. Um, It also highlighted to us, frankly, why we were not going to be successful as direct to consumer. And I would just say to you that um, it all came down to trust, which is this age demographic um, is making huge financial and health decisions. They want to make safe choices. They want to make choices. They want to make decisions with brands and partners. They are known for a long period of time. And so while being a young startup serving the Gen Z community, being a tech company can create a lot of trust. I think for the problem set that we're addressing, um being direct to consumer was actually very challenging because we didn't have this brand that had been around for a long time that exuded trust. And that's where when we learned about the financial wellness focus for credit unions and the large percentage of credit union members over the age of 50, there was this really amazing opportunity to you know really think about taking the trusted relationship that credit unions already have but bring our technology to the table. Um, so when you look at our experience, Robert, um, with our um, credit union experience, what you'll see is that it's fully white labeled. Like we really downplay our brand because what we know is that the brand that's stronger is the credit union.
0: Right, also people would people say, what the heck is silver? Basically, no offense, man, but this is what they
1: Yeah, say. I mean, look, we... Like we've got we've gotten a lot of accolades, we've been, you know, written up in lots of newspapers. But at the end of the day, you know, when a member is trying to decide where they're going to roll over their money, they want to roll over their money to a safe institution that they've known for a long time. And even if I, as a technology company, am built on very similar rails, like I just don't have that brand recognition. And again, like this is not about rounding up change. These are big decisions, as you mentioned with Medicare, that can't get unwound. And so, there's a reason why, for example, in the Medicare space, ARP has so much of the business. Um, you know, ARP makes almost 40% of their revenue from Medicare sales. Um, they market to you from the age of 50 to 65, um, so they can get that business and they become the safe choice. And so, when you get confused by Medicare. A lot of Americans ultimately kind of throw up their hands. They're like, "Well, I'm just going to buy the ARP policy because it must be good, right?" Yeah, hey, that's what
0: that's what I did.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but but there is an element of like they're such a big brand. They've been around for so long. They've been marketing to you for 15 years. Like it must be safe, uh, and it may or may not be the right choice for you. But there is this like again, when confusion arises and you have only you know a couple of weeks left to make your election, like you make safe choices. Yeah,
0: and in my case, I'm actually. Happy with the choice I made some years after having made it, but I just bought a United Healthcare traditional yeah, Medicare yeah. Po- policy, which is fine. And all part D plans suck. That's just a fact of life. But, and so mine sucks, but no worse than any other plan. So.
1: Well, look, we're, and we're seeing some, you know, reform on the Part D side. You know, you saw the the insulin caps come into play right, in this year, right. so now it's that capped at thirty five dollars, which is great. I think, look, the reality is, is that prescription drug costs have just gotten out of control in America, and it's particularly noticeable um, for the older population that's living on a more likely to be living on a fixed budget is more likely to need need prescriptions. Um, and so um, you know, there's additional reform that's needed. It's you know, a lot of the reform that was passed last year is gonna take several years to come into play. So it's slowly being integrated. Um, but it's good to finally see some of these coming to the table.
0: Well, I mean, there's a whole generation of new drugs, so-called biologics, that mm-hmm. have astronomical price tags, no matter what insurance plan you have. And our insurance plans just aren't set up to deal with those drugs, unfortunately. And uh and that's the coolest, latest bells and whistle drugs on the planet. Are they? Yeah. Do you need them? I don't know. You have to talk with your, your doctor about that. But look, so. Robert,
1: I think what we're trying to do is create awareness. Right. The fact I mean, you you understand this. You've been sounds like you've been on Medicare for a couple of years now. So, you know, how the system works. But unfortunately, a lot of that learning is learned is learned once you're on a plan. What we're trying to do is help get that information to you earlier so you can make sure you've budgeted for it because it might be. You know, I think the other thing we haven't talked about here is that a lot of members will be retiring before they're sixty-five, and they have to think about pre-retirement healthcare. They are shocked when they realize that ACA plans are priced based on age. So it might be, for example, they've been paying for their kids' ACA plan, which is probably in the low two hundreds, and they all of a sudden realize that you know to get an ACA plan at age sixty, the ACA plan is like six hundred to seven hundred bucks if you don't have the premium subsidy. Um, what we then start seeing members do is thinking about, okay, let's get creative here. I know I need healthcare to bridge me to Medicare. Um, and also now I'm realizing how expensive Medicare is. Like, how about I think about a part-time job to bridge me from 62 to 65? Um, I'll go to a company that I, I can work part-time but still get healthcare benefits. Um, and I think once members start understanding the math of Medicare as an example, they start thinking a lot about, oh, do I really want to retire before I'm Medicare eligible? Or do I need to start thinking about either Delaying my retirement date and/or looking at part-time work to help to help uh, bridge bridge the gap.
0: And I think you know, one of the things, and you, if I'm wrong about this, please do tell me, uh, is a, most of the white-collar population in America and much of the unionized population in America doesn't have to make difficult decisions about retirement planning or health care during their working life. These are primarily made by the union and or their employer. And you might have a little choice here and there. And if you make a bad choice next year, you can change your mind. So that's not the case once you once you reach retirement age. But that's know, a really make...
1: interesting, yeah, it's a really interesting observation, Robert, because I think you know part of what's happened over the last two or three decades is we've made saving for retirement easier through programs like auto enrollment. You know, three or 401k. So, allowing your company to auto enroll you, um, also um, allowing matching contributions. And then, probably the biggest, uh, you know, kind of addition to make it easy was this implementation of the target date funds that basically said, look, don't get, don't obsess about your asset allocation. Just put it in this fund, pick a date you want to retire, and we'll manage it for you. So, Look, obviously having cash to set aside is easier or harder depending on who you are, what your income looks like, what your expenses are, but that process of starting to save has gotten a lot easier and it's been automated. But as you say, there's a whole new set of decisions you need to make at retirement and no one is making them for you. You've got to make them yourself. Um and so we haven't trained we haven't trained folks to like really think about the cost side of healthcare because they many of them are going to be on employer plans. you know. Maybe their first taste of really diving into what, what healthcare costs today is when they end up on an ACA plan or COBRA after losing a job. But um, you're know, learning this late in life. It's not like these are things you learned in your 20s. You're learning them in your 50s and 60s when you kind of think that that consumer will have figured everything out by now. And the reality is there's this big new set of decisions that they've probably never contemplated that they all of a sudden now have to be the decision maker on. And I think that's maybe this like huge responsibility on the member. Um, They almost, I've always said they they act as the GP. There's a lot of specialists who can give them information, but ultimately they've got to pull the trigger themselves.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to go back to Arizona, if at 65 you go into advantage uh, and at 66 you say, boy, that was a bad mistake. You're really basically stuck with advantage in Arizona. None of the traditional Medicare Plans have to accept you yeah. at 66.
1: Exactly. So you have this one-time no medical underwriting at 65 um,
0: option. So if you have some pre-existing conditions, and probably you do at 66, they might be relatively minor, but probably you have some pre-existing conditions. Might be no plan will take you at any price whatsoever. Yeah. And boy, you don't have that kind of situation in the workplace. You really just don't.
1: That's right. So in the workplace, it's it's a pooled mentality, right? Whereas right. Medicare is really each individual being able to be un- medically underwritten um, after the age of sixty five. So that election, that first year, is super important. I think one of the things that we're, where I think credit unions have a huge opportunity is to really lean into education. Um, Agents are not allowed to reach out to prospects to sell Medicare plans until the age of 64 and nine months. And so um, on that, you may have recalled, like on that magic date, you started getting phone calls from folks you'd never heard of before looking to sell Medicare to you. Um, But those agents don't really want to spend the time to educate you. They just want to close their sale as quickly as possible. And I think the opportunity for credit unions is lean in, educate members over a multi-year period, help them both get to them early enough that they know they need to save for it. And then as they get closer, help them through a lot of this, these details that you and I have just been discussing. Um, and that part of the market's really missing. There's a very active market in selling policies, but very few people that have actually committed to educating the American consumer on actually their choices and getting to them early enough that they can, you know, make decisions that will help with their financial security.
0: And there are, as you already said, big books that will explain this to you. But do you really want to read them? Do you have the time to read them? Um, yeah.
1: So, we're, most so people we, don't. So. Yeah. And so, what we try to do with our technology is make it much easier to understand. We deliver it in bite sizes, we personalize it. So, for example, if a woman who's divorced comes in and tells us that she wants to retire at 62, like she's already told me a couple things about herself. That helped me understand, well, what education will be relevant. She's probably going to be very interested in learning about divorce benefits for Social Security. She told me she's retiring at 62, so I know she's not eligible for Medicare. So we're going to recommend that she reads a class on ACA and COBRA plans so that she understands what her bridge to Medicare solution is. We also are going to feed her a class on part-time work because we know that part-time work is likely to become something she considers when she realizes the cost of health care. Um, and so this is where you can almost like you know, the other analogy I always use is Netflix. Like, how do you take the power of personalization that you see in Netflix that people like you like to watch these shows? Um, you know, how do you use that to deliver the right education at the right time to members, and then get them on a journey that helps them get the information they need to make good choices?
0: Do you get a significant a volume of questions about? I want to I want to move overseas can I bring my benefits with me? And the short answer to that is social security. Absolutely. Medicare, yeah. almost certainly not.
1: Yeah. Um, it comes up. It isn't our top, like when I think about questions we get about social security, our top questions typically are around marital benefits. So uh-huh. divorce, um, spousal benefits, widow benefits, um, and then fast followed by folks, um, because we've got a lot of credit unions that support public um, sector workers, um, as well as um, teachers. And depending on when you were a teacher and for how long or when you were in the government, you may or may not have paid into Social Security. So I would say that tends to be the top set of questions as really marital status and job specific. But certainly folks, as they're looking at the cost of healthcare in America and the cost of living in retirement, you know, more and more folks are thinking about living overseas. And as you rightly said, um, you know, the Social Security travels with you. You know, one of the challenges with the Medicare Advantage plan is that it actually doesn't have overseas coverage. So if you're if you're just going on vacation with Medicare Advantage, you don't you typically don't have coverage. Um, you need a Medicare supplemental plan if you're going to be on vacation to to make sure that you have that extra coverage. Um, uh, not so, not not
0: all Med supplements have that.
1: And exactly, and so that's what I say. It's a benefit, but not exactly every plan is a little bit different. And so, and this was actually like my my fa- my own father started on Medicare Advantage wanted to switch to Medicare supplement because, um, my father is Irish, um, and spends the summer every year in Ireland with his family. Um, and he, when he was, uh, when he made his first year election, he didn't think about it. Um, and he's someone who's had an illness in between first year election and when he realized he wanted to switch to supplement. And now that is really challenging to do. Um, so he's now in a position where he's having to buy, you know, medic, medic, um, medevac insurance and just, you know, just trying to get something in place in case there's a real big medical inver- um, emergency. What we see is that the member is going to dig in. And I think one of the things that's been super cool to see is how much time members are spending in our experience. They're coming in a couple times a month. They're spending 15 to 20 months in the experience. We have email open rates north of 50% um, percent on a three times a week newsletter that we send to members about retirement. And I would just say to you that that just shows you members are engaged. They They deeply want to be involved in making the right decisions and they want to be educated. And so Sometimes it's hard to you know kind of get a member's attention on a certain topic. I would just say that retirement's a topic that they're gonna that they care a lot about, and if you're not educating them, they're going to be with Dr. Google, um, doing their research, and they're going to get you know hit up with you know all the ads they see on the internet.
0: Now, briefly run through the structure of your program. I mean. what, it- are there there are are there classes? Is it all app based? You know, what's the structure?
1: Yeah, so it's a web-based platform that we have. I would say our walk versus run strategy for a credit union is the walk strategy is um, no tech integration needed. Um, you give us your brand colors and your logo, and we spin up a web environment for you in a couple of days. You know depending on what else is going on with your marketing team, we could be up and running as fast as two or three weeks, which is what we saw with Mission Fed. Other times it takes a little bit longer because, you know, you've got other things on your calendar. Um, But we work with the marketing team then to activate the product. We deliver to members a series of retirement school um, classes um, on, you know, we have a thousand classes now on, um, or a thousand lessons on topics like Social Security, Medicare, taxes, retirement, all of that being personalized for the member and fed out to them on a weekly basis. Um, And then we have a personalized set of tools and calculators. At the heart of it, we provide every member with a retirement score that tells them how long their savings will last in retirement and then helps them make that social security election and helps them understand how much medicare costs. We then connect the those those concepts to the credit union's products and services. So for example, Sally is reading about Roth IRAs or, or rolling over IRAs or doing a conversion to our, of our Roth conversion and so we're going to say to her not only here's the information but actually you can talk to the Intouch Credit Union wealth management team or the Michigan State um, wealth management team who will, who will actually take care of that for you. Um, we also help the credit union understand, you know, which members look like they're ready to make these big decisions. So we have a lot of data that we're collecting that helps us really predict, um, you know, when members are ready to make decisions so that we can help the credit union reach out to them at the time that's most appropriate. Um, so I said the walk strategy is this web-based strategy. It works on all device types. Um, so really easy to get up and running. We are um, going to be announcing later in April and then early in May, our first two mobile banking integrations. And so I'm not going to give you all the details yet because maybe we can come back with our partner and talk about the the first one that we're doing. But we're super excited to be on the forefront of bringing financial wellness to members um, by embedding in in mobile banking. Well,
0: Now, that's clearly that's where most banking interactions shifting to.
1: Exactly. Well, that's where the eyeballs are, and again, that's where you know I think if if as as a company, like we want to be where the eyeballs eyeballs are, and it's also where you're most likely to be able to influence members. If that's you know they're more likely to see the education if that's where they're going to
0: be every day. And what's your pricing to credit unions based upon?
1: Yeah, so we do, um, our pricing is customized based on the credit union size and the, um, number of members that are in the target age demographic. Most of our partners really activate the product with their members between the age of 50 and 70. Um, there's arguably parts of our platform that are valuable to all credit union members, but I think, you know, the core, the core group that's going to get the most value from the platform is between the age of 50 and 70. So we then work with the credit union based on that size. Um, there'll be a monthly subscription that we charge um, for those those members to access the platform. Um, and it just goes to credibility, right? And so this is where I think a credit union has a huge advantage, which is you're a trusted brand, you're a safe choice, you've been in the community for decades. The, the, you know, now is your moment um, to be able to capture and grow this retirement wallet. Um, and it's like, how do you, for credit unions that have the capabilities, how do you move past just banking and lending to be able to truly advise members on the full wallet? Because at this stage in life, financial wellness is more, is more, is, is more, is about more than what's in your credit union account. It's really about all these big decisions you and I have been talking about. Well,
0: you're also taking, I mean, credit unions off the record grumble that their membership is very old. But what you're saying is, hey, that's great. We have a product we can sell to them that actually will benefit them.
1: I mean, look, the reality is that, um, today this is credit union's most valuable members when you think about the purchases they're about to make right so they, this this generation you know owns most of the home equity in America they control 70% of spending in America uh, the financial and health decisions they're going to make on an annual basis could generate more than $1000 a year of revenue for the credit union um, and if the credit union doesn't step up and say, I want to be part of this dialogue, that money is going to go to Schwab. It's going to go to ARP. And what's interesting is that most credit unions probably don't realize they're losing that opportunity because the, the 401k was never with them. So it rolls directly from the employer to Schwab. They might see the flows to ARP through bank deposit data. right? So would you look at like the, the checking data that you can actually see the money, the withdrawals on a monthly basis to Medicare, um, but the, these are I would really think about this as huge lost assets because you know you you started out being the primary financial advisor and the banker for this for this member. um now is not the time to let someone else you know take take over that that responsibility. you're right.
0: now I mean my credit union sees two invoices a month, one for part D and one for the traditional Medicare. and um, that's both to United Healthcare, but mm-hmm. it's it's through our so now, when a credit union says, no, I'm not interested, why do they say that?
1: Often, it's, I would say today, our platform is best suited for credit unions that have 100,000 members or more and also have a wealth management business. Um, you know, we are not set up right now to truly support really small credit unions. And it's just the, the platform's not self service. And so the pricing structure doesn't work for a smaller credit union. Um, I would also say that if you haven't expanded past banking and lending, you know, that ability to connect the product that we've built to the products and services is more limited. Um, So our sweet spot today is credit unions that have, you know, a relationship with LPL, with Raymond James, with Ameriprise, um, and are really trying to grow that book of business, Um, but also are thinking about, you know, how might we bring Medicare to to this member? How might we help them with, you know, trust and wills? How might we help them with, you know, the new types of insurance that they're going to need through retirement?
0: Your fault, and if you have enough, if a member has enough money, they could actually shift over to JPMorgan Chase, which will help them with their retirement planning. But I think you need to have a significant amount
1: of money. But you know, you do. But I, I guess what I would just say is that the like the average member, like the the whole reason I had to learn about Social Security is that when I was at JPMorgan, I was frankly helping fairly wealthy individuals and social security was like a rounding error for them. They didn't really care about the cost of Medicare, right? That's not your average um, credit union member. Your average credit union member, like social security is likely their largest retirement asset. Um, You know, the average social security payment for um, an American who has been a worker, meaning that they've earned their own working credits is about $1,775 per month. That adds up to a half million dollars over the course of retirement. So that's real money. So Social Security is likely to be most members' largest retirement asset. And Medicare is likely to be one of their largest retirement expenses. Exactly. Um, and so these these things matter to credit union members in a way that they didn't, frankly, matter to a lot of the customers I used to advise when I was at J.P. Morgan's private bank.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great thing because as I say, I, I'm... It amazes me how difficult these topics are. And yet people are asked to make decisions at a moment when statistically many of them have declining cognitive abilities. This is really unfair. You know, it's like being forced to run a foot race, but they tie your legs together. You know, it's just, well, it goes bad. to
1: this being able to make good choices early on. I mean, what we see, so our average member that's using the platform today is 59 years old. They at that stage have good cognitive ability. They typically are independent decision making. Um, at some point in the future, you know things start to change, and so there—that's when you start getting into this like caregiving, shared decision making process. Um, that's a whole other set of uh, you know problems that need to get solved. Um, but as we think about you know how might me in the future start to tackle these problems, I think you can start in your fifties and sixties by getting, having a good foundation, and that hopefully you know as members age. Well, you know, we'll be providing them the support that they need over this, you know, multi-decade retirement.
0: And uh, every year I get a, a several hundred page book from Medicare.
1: Yes. Medicare and me or Medicare and you, right.
0: <laughs> that I honestly have never looked at.
1: <laughs> but that's it. Again, it goes to this, like I bought the 400 page book on social security. You receive the slightly shorter 300 page book from Medicare I mean, it just, this is bureaucracy at its finest, right? That it's this complicated. Um, and, you know, again, like I just think a lot about uh, consumer confidence, you know, feeling like you have to settle in and read 300 pages and you've got to understand all these details. Like what you'll see is that members like get very confused. They find their, their confidence is eroded by this process. Uh, and then again, this is where I think a credit union has this awesome opportunity to step up and say, no, we're going to make it easier for you. We're going to help you make good choices, help and guide you through this journey um, because the government sure ain't making it easy.
0: The CU 2.0 podcast.